Hey everybody, Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot as always. Welcome to the Holtcast. Unlike Joe Cole, we can't get out of Villa so easily, Robert. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was perfect. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Holtcast this week. That's all we've got because we ain't getting better than that. Bravo. Uh, yeah. Hi, welcome back. Yeah, so... Uh, just where we where we left you last, we were coming into a Chelsea game where it looked like Jose Mourinho's job maybe was going to be on the line yesterday when they drew in the Champions League. But he did help it last Saturday, of course, when Chelsea kind of kind of just coasted to a two 0 win against Villa. Thanks thanks a lot to Brad Guzan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm willing to put ninety percent of the blame on that thing on Brad Guzan, actually. Yeah, and the, really the main point that comes up is when you're a defender and you're facing your goalkeeper, and you're played the ball, you just assume that there's no pressure, because why would the goalie play you the ball if there's a charging Willian at you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there is, to be certain, a fair bit of fault there on Julian Lescott, because I don't care how hard the pass was or whatnot. You're a Premier League footballer. You should be able to trap a pass at your feet. Right? Yeah, at, at the worst, draw foul or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there is some blame there, but... But this is the second time this season that we've seen Brad Guzan concede a goal simply because he decided to pass to someone who was about to be mauled by an oncoming attacker. Yeah, and every time he's he has the ball and it's not a goal kick or a free kick in, in the area, it just reminds me of what happened against Man City last year when he just kind of squibbed it. A yeah. Couple it's it's absolutely unacceptable that he is so bad with the ball at his feet. He is still an accomplished shot stopper. He is still he makes decent decisions coming out of the box. I I don't think he's great at that, but he makes decent decisions as to when to charge at the ball. But you're a Premier League goalkeeper. You should be able to kick the damn ball. Yeah, he's a, he's a great shot stopper. He has good command of the area, but for someone who played his youth career as a striker, it's surprising that he has that that control of the ball and um like like what happened against man city last year once that first goal was given up it really damaged the team's morale yeah absolutely i'm not going to say that villa were out playing chelsea but it was it was about 50 50 and really villa could have edged it in like it was close it it really could have gone either way it looked like the sort of match that villa could maybe pull a draw out of a shocking and unexpected draw um and you're right, it just totally blew the morale out of the water. It was all of that hard work just totally totally screwed up by Guzan's stupidity. And for once, Sherwood actually had a pretty decent tactical setup. Yeah, I, I think it was all right. Well, I mean, he played Carlos Hill and Jack Grealish, which seems like a no-brainer, but it hadn't been it always. And maybe maybe it was due to them not being fully fit, so I could understand it if, if that was the case. Yeah. There was a lot of complaining about the fact that um, Amavi sat in favor of Richardson, and I think Richardson's performance throughout the game justified that for the most part. Um, he was yeah, not I... he was not dynamic going forward like Amavi was supposed to be, but he also wasn't mistake prone like Amavi has been lately. Yeah, exactly. And we were talking about it a little bit after the match, you and I. And I was thinking if if you were going to play Richardson at left back, you could play Amavi maybe ahead of him as a left mid if you want someone who's going to be going forward, but still defensively um, adapt if, if it's a big match like Chelsea, if you have to shut down, you have to shut down a big time winger or something. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that, that could have been a possibility. Or, um, or if, if you're trying to hold on to a lead late in a match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I was not as outraged by the Richardson for Amavi switch, especially because for the past five or six matches, Amavi has not been that great. He's, he's been a liability more than he's been an asset. No, I think I think the people who are like, oh, you benched Amavi are the people who either A, not Villa fans, and they just look at who scored, and they're like, oh, he has so many defensive actions or something. You know, like, I don't know. If, you, if, you've, if you've watched all the matches, you'll see that sometimes he makes mistakes. He's great going forward, but yeah. mean, there's, you have to defend first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and when you've got Heel and Grealish in the lineup, you don't need as much creativity going forward. You don't necessarily need someone who can put a spark into the team like Amavi can. So Richardson actually made sense to me. I mean, at first I was a little skeptical, but when he started playing, it was confident, mistake-free, very average defensive left-back. And in terms of defense, that's exactly what we needed. Yeah, and... Like Chelsea, they're they're kind of in a rut. They didn't really look up for it, even if they were at home. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was just another match for them. It's like we were talking about last week. It seems like it is that third year effect with Mourinho. Maybe the team doesn't care as much as they did before. They're not as motivated. Yeah. In any other season, would this loss be that bad? No, but just because of it's it's really pulling Chelsea back up to where they need to be, which is annoying, I guess. But Really, it was it was more of a game where we could have took a point. Yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't have even it wouldn't have even been stealing a point because, frankly, they're not that good. I think in a decent season, we would be discussing this match right now in a largely positive light because I think there were a lot of good things that Aston Villa did. The problem is at this point we can't just take away. Oh, hey, that looked good. Villa actually need points at this point. Yeah, goals because if. Say it would have even been 2-1, it would have been, oh, okay, whatever. We blew it because Guzen messed up at the beginning, and the own goal from Hutton was massively unlucky. Yeah, absolutely. Hutton did a really nice job to cover there. I, I understand that he let the ball get through his legs and everything, but that was a position that he, you know, by all rights did not need to be covering in, and he got back and made the cover, and it just ping-ponged through his legs. I, yeah, I don't fault him for that. You can't, you can't blame Guzen for that either. At, at first, when I was watching the game, I was like, oh, Jesus, Guzan, like, not again, but, you know, that it was, it was a deflection at that. Yeah, exactly. So the, the second goal is not one that I'm all that mad at. I'm actually – I was happy with Hutton for getting back into that position. Um, yeah. It's just – it's compounded by the fact that that first goal happened and the fact that we can't stand by and say, oh, hey, there was something positive here. The only positive thing at this point in the season is points. Exactly, and – regardless of how we get them. If we get them by their goalkeepers doing stupid stuff or them having own goals, frankly, I don't care. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will take points however I can get them. Um, We were talking before this that in order to get to the 38-point mark that Villa have gotten each of the past couple of seasons, they're going to have to average 1.17 points from here on out, Um, which doesn't seem like a lot given that 38 is only a one-point per match average over the course of a full season, but every single time we lose, we're making this hole harder to crawl out of. Yeah, especially for being a club that's averaged slightly over a point for the last, what, four years or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and averaged a point for the last two years. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just it's just starting to look unlikely, if mm-hmm. anything. But like you're saying, like you're saying with Hutton, I think he's really locked on them. He's shown... 
he was a lot of our attacking intent. Like everything was going through him. He just finds space on the right. Yeah. He doesn't. Um, I mean, he doesn't have the pace of Bakuno, the, the crossing ability, but he does have an, a pretty good intelligence, and obviously is a competent defender. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think he was a lot of our attack down the right because we had nothing else on the right until Adamatorare was brought on. Um, you know, everything was shifted over to the left for most of the match, and Hutton was the only thing keeping that flank honest. Yeah, and I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get that when Carlos Hill's tucking in and helping to pull defenders, which and I mean, it's it's a decent tactic. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Again, tactically, I thought the setup was certainly not perfect, but not the you know travesty that it has been the past few matches. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was adequate. Yeah, absolutely. That that was, you know, you play that kind of a tactic against a team that isn't Chelsea and you've got a decent chance of winning. Uh, you play that kind of tactic against a Chelsea and don't make stupid mistakes, and you've got a decent chance at a draw. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty brave from Sherwood to throw Ayu and Rudy Justed out there. And Jordan Ayu, he was okay, but he's, he's not a left winger. Yeah, no, absolutely, and he needs to be played more centrally. Um, he he did well in the chances he got, but he just he's so anonymous when he's out there on the left wing. He doesn't get involved in the match as well because he's not a winger. Yeah, but it, um, I mean, so so of course people are going to hold it against him that he didn't have the greatest match, but he's playing he's being played out of position. It's you know this isn't where he's supposed to be having a great match. Yeah, and someone who being played in his right position that's being played out of position has Julian Lescott. Oh, I think he, regardless, he's got to be out. Yeah. Uh, this week it sort of made sense because with Clark out, uh, with Akora out, there really wasn't much in the way of selection there. Um, but I'll be entirely honest, and I said this during the match on over the weekend, at this point I would legitimately rather see Philippe Senderos um, in that position, but that's impossible because we didn't register Cinderos. We didn't start the season with him. So I took it one step further, and I swear to God I mean this. I would rather see Carlos Sanchez at center back than Julian Lescott. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree because he's better on the ball, and he probably he probably doesn't – that goal probably doesn't happen if he's at center back. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. He's a decent enough header of the ball, and – I don't know. I I trust him more to to like to hassle a striker like Diego Costa mm -hmm. more. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for Christ's sake, he shut down Messi and Neymar at at whatever Copa. Yeah, this the, summer, like the, the summer South American Copa. Yeah, <laughs> as it's officially called now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I, you're right. Lescott can't be in. He's he's miserable. He his. He has yet to show us anything that makes me think he should be in a starting position. Yeah, it's just—it's only proved to me that people are being able to sell him for actual money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's a bad sign for your club when you get uh, outsmarted by Tony Pulis. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that was—I think—that was one of the only bad transfers that we made. Yeah, absolutely, and it wasn't all that costful. So I mean, it's not a huge thing, but. It might end up being very costful if Tim keeps playing him. It might cost a hell of a lot more than two million pounds. Yeah, even losing, a, even losing a point was is probably not worth two million pounds. You know, yeah, no, it's not at this point. So um, we're not in a position where we have the luxury of saying, "Ah, eh, there was a loss." 
Um, exactly, exactly. So, and yeah. That's really, it bring, brings us to the next point of how long can this losing streak last? It's now five games in a row in the league. Yeah, and I in league, there is, unless we can pull off a win or a draw, I suppose, this weekend, um, there's a very real chance this streak hits nine because that's it's four matches left in league before we play Watford. And at the point you have nine losses in a row, there's a chance that that could just spiral out of control and be even worse. Yeah, you could end up looking like Wolves a couple years ago and you're relegated at Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the real worry this year. Um, ask me now if I'm a betting man, if, if Villa are going to get relegated, and I'm still going to say no. I think we're still in the Premier League next year. But that window's closing, and every single addition to this losing streak makes me want to lean more towards yes. Yeah, if if only because Newcastle are really bad, and they shelled Norwich this weekend. It, it's, I mean, you, you see the promoted teams come up, and they have a good run of form at the beginning of the year. It, it's usually what happens, and I'm still really not worried about Watford, Norwich, or Burnmouth, or Newcastle, or obviously Sunderland, who are the only team below us at this point, but... If if one of those teams can figure it out and get hot, they could take themselves out of that conversation. Yeah, obviously Villa Villa not looking likely to do that anytime soon. No, absolutely not. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a chance that this lo- losing streak could hit nine. Um, I don't think it will. I think no. Villa gets something this weekend. Yeah, the, I mean you you absolutely have to and. Um, we just had just had an article on the site this week from Alex Carson about playing the youth and how a couple of years ago playing the youth led to survival. Mm-hmm. And, and his recommendation is we do it again. Because as he points out, Villa spent a huge sum of money this summer on buying young players. Um, you know, with the Drisagana being the, the big veteran signing. Aside from that, we've got young players. Go with them. Um, do you think it's a it's a tactic that could lead to Villa surviving? I I think so because I think I don't know why it just seems like you have a better chance to form more of a lasting team chemistry when you have a core group of guys maybe around the same age instead of instead of a, a Lescott or even a Richards like last year when we had Clark and Acora playing the center back positions I think that was that was a good combo. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think. One of the other issues, you know, one of the other reasons you might want to play the youth is the reason that none of us want to talk about. But if this team gets relegated, it will be a lot of those young players that we hold on to. And if we want to bounce back, we need that core to already have good chemistry. Exactly. Yeah. If you if you go down, obviously a lot of players are going to go away. Even some of the young players, like mm-hmm. we probably we probably lose Jack Grealish and even probably Adam Machorari, but. I don't know some some of the players you will be able to hold on to, and you have to you have to imagine that they're going to be the guys that are going to get you back up if anyone is. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I totally buy what Alex is saying. I think they do need a youth movement. Um, I really do think that this team could be benefited once people are healthy again by having that Acora Clark pairing in the center again, and just saying to Richards, you know, we know we brought you here to play center back. If you want to survive, we need you at right back. Exactly. Um, I, I think that would be okay. And again, um, in, in the last match, he showed that he just likes to venture forward, and it was almost very dangerous because he lost the ball two-thirds of the way up the pitch. 
Yeah. And he goes to the ground a little bit too easily. He's he's not bad. I still I actually like Richards a lot. Um and I I like what I see at center back. I think we could mitigate or um dampen some of his risk by putting him out at right back. Because yeah, if you screw up over there, there's yeah, if there's if you screw up over there, there's theoretically someone to cover for you. Um back in the center. All right. Yeah, I think it's it is time for that youth movement, though. Yeah, and I mean, we were we were talking a little bit about relegation, and of course, it still is early in the season. It is October, but starting to become a real real risk, and a worst case scenario could happen if Villa go down and bring Birmingham City can maintain where they are. They're second in the championship right now, Robert. God, I. The possibility of them coming up and us going down just makes me very, very sad. Um, but, I mean, it's a real possibility. Birmingham City are playing decent football this year. Um, I mean, we maybe, saw, that makes you, maybe that makes you feel a little bit better about the cup win, if anything. But Yeah, it's true. Um, I don't know. They're, they're a team who, just reading the news about them, if it weren't for the fact that I hate them simply because of who they are, they're kind of an interesting team, to be frank about it. Yeah, as much as much as we may hate to admit it, like they're they're playing good ball. Yeah, I'm gonna get pilloried for saying that, but I they're kind of an interesting team. Their manager, um, I think he could do some good things with them. I hope he doesn't. I hope that he goes away in abject sadness, uh, and then maybe pulls an Alex McLeish and comes over here. But uh, I'd be okay with them coming up, provided we can stay up. Yeah, me too, because I would enjoy having that. Uh, that whole rivalry there. I, I kind of enjoy the idea of having West Brom, Birmingham City, and Villa all in the same league. Yeah, it, it, it definitely couldn't hurt. I mean, as, as, as long as we're still in the league. Yeah, there's but. one sellout extra every year. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm a little worried, though. They might be coming up and we might be going down. And you're right. That is a horrifying prospect. Yeah, and I mean... Since we're we were talking about relegation, and of course, going to be talking about Tim Sherwood with that, he's still in, but patience really starting to grow thin. Yeah, um, it's I don't know. We were talking before the podcast. Like you said, it's going to be difficult to know if he goes after a Swansea loss. It wouldn't shock me if Villa lost to Swansea this weekend if Sherwood was gone by sometime next week. Yeah, see, I, I still don't think he'd be gone just... It would have to be a bad loss, I think. Yeah. And it would have to be, I don't know, maybe like Leicester where you are you have a two-goal lead with 20 minutes left and you blow it for a loss. Or if you, you just flat-out get destroyed and it's like 5-0 from Swansea, something like that. Can you imagine having that home at, or at Villa Park? Yeah. That's the thing, like... That would just be a disaster, and it's not like it's not like Villa have been good at home. Really, we failed to score in four of the last five at Villa Park in the league. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been. I I don't know. I I can see this just turning ugly really quickly. Luckily, it hasn't gotten too ugly with the fans yet. We haven't hit the Lambert out, McLeish out stage of things yet. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe that's because. Some goals have actually been scored. The goal difference is minus seven, but we've scored eight. That's the same amount that Liverpool have scored. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I mean, granted, um, it's also the same month that Sunderland have scored, but... That goal difference is getting worse and worse, by the way. Because last week we were saying it was not that terrible. Now it's tied for the second worst in the league. Oh, well, I mean, when you keep losing, your goal difference is only going to get worse. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that how that works? <laughs> but because we, I mean, we kept having just those, the one goal losses, and I mean, that's not going to be too detrimental, but. Yeah, this is our first two goal loss of the year. Yeah, if you, if you can't, if you can't turn that around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's kind of incredible that we only have a negative seven differential, given the fact that we've only had one match with a positive differential. And it was only a plus one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that in its own right is kind of impressive. Yeah, and maybe because we would have thought that, oh, Sherwood's, Sherwood's not going to draw a whole lot of games. Okay, we were right about that. Only one draw so far. But he hasn't had any, any big wins or any really massive losses. Yeah, absolutely. He, and something needs to happen. God, what I wouldn't give for a 5 nil battering of Swansea this weekend. Yeah, just absolutely rip him to shreds. It just has to be something that can restore the confidence of the team and yeah. kind of propel them. And I don't know if that's that's making a personnel change. I mean, it hasn't been talked about a lot this week, but last week it was oh, Charles and Zogby is back into favor, and <laughs> this is weird. I uh, I think Alex had the best reaction, which was uh, if Charles and Zogby starts, just fire Sherwood and leave him in London. Uh, I'm actually. Yeah. If Inzogbia starts, that's just that's horrible. There's a lot of problems with this team. None of them can be solved by Charles Inzogbia. But what if he just somehow does solve the problems? What if he comes in and is just the catalyst? Well, yeah, of course, but you can say that for almost anyone. What if Joe Cole got recalled from Coventry and came in and saved us? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why. I thought Joe Cole would have been the guy that Sherwood would have liked and would have yeah, that was kind of bizarre that he didn't really get much of a chance. And, um, yeah, sure, some of it's due to fitness, but I feel like he could have been at least a somewhat effective sub. When it came out with uh, the fact that Nzogbia was going to be recalled to making the uh, match day 18 last week, the Birmingham Mail was also reporting that his reappearance has knocked Lever Kozak even further down the pecking order. Which, As if that was possible. Oh, my God. I, that right there may be the single biggest failure of Tim Sherwood right now. He's not using Lee Rikosak. He may not be good, but he sure as hell can't be worse than what we've got. And in preseason, he was great. Exactly. Why not just give him a chance? Yeah, absolutely. What if he comes on and scores? I, part of me wonders, is Sherwood now at this point just afraid of being proven wrong? Like, yeah, oh, you, have, you have to wonder that. Yeah, what happens if Inzogbia comes on and kills it? Gonna make me look like an idiot. Well, who cares? You'll look like an idiot who's winning. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to swallow your pride because if you can move up the table, no matter who you've played, you're not gonna look like an idiot. Is the thing? Yeah, I literally do not understand the Kozak thing. It is it is to me the single biggest question mark about this team. Yeah, and I mean I'm I have my tactical preview that's coming out today, and I think Libor Kozak should start because, frankly, Rudy Justed doesn't offer a lot. No, he does not. And um, his play with the ball at his feet makes it look like it's Brad Gersham. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, he really leaves a lot to be desired. Maybe Brad Gersham can become our new vernacular phrase instead of Emil Heskey for a shitty striker. 
Yeah, oh, you, boy, you, you really, really present that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you bratted that one up. Yeah. Um, oh, what a what a what a guzen! <laughs> like, God, I so, yeah, I don't know. I I think there's a lot of questions around this team right now. I think Kozak needs to be playing. I doubt Kozak will be playing. Um, you know, I don't think Charles and Zogbia should be anywhere near this team, and it wouldn't shock me if Charles and Zogbia started on Saturday. Yeah, probably for that exact reason. I mean, I guess. Maybe maybe Sherwood just tries to reverse psychology out of this. He's gonna spite us just for the fun of it. Good. I hope it. I hope it works. Yeah. I mean, that would be great if it did. I'd be happy. Yeah. Prove prove us wrong, please. Yeah. Absolutely. About time. I'd like to be proven wrong. Yeah, because uh, all, all we've been saying is, oh, this this team is bad. Like, <laughs> because we have, frankly we haven't seen anything that is convincing of why this team can win or. Although we keep saying that this team is not going to get relegated, it's every week goes by and it's slowly drifting a little closer to that. And it's, on paper, this team is not this bad. You have to think they'll regress to the mean, but every single week that they don't, the mean starts getting lower. You're not yeah, gonna... the, and the thing is, it's what what do we say at the beginning of the year, twelfth or something around there? But it's a really tough stretch and. So what? You still have to pull out some results, draw, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in reality, after this tough stretch comes a significantly easier stretch. If Villa just totally crapped the bed right here and lost out until, say, mid-December, right, they could still turn this around by capitalizing on that really good, on that easier stretch in, you know, late December to January and February. There's a period there where they could totally turn things around and no matter how bad the start is, they could save themselves. The problem's going to be the morale will have been tanked by then. The chances of actually capitalizing on those wins or on those opportunities will be gone. And it's almost impossible to see them having a horrible run of form here and then actually clicking, finally. Yeah, the thing is, if, if somehow they could figure it out, there is a chance that they could win eight in a row because it's Newcastle, West Ham, Norwich, Sunderland, Palace, Leicester... West Brom, West Ham again, yeah. and then and then Norwich again. Like, when if if you could somehow pull those eight wins in a row, that's you know, and and win nothing else up until that point. That is twenty eight points on the season, and then you've got what fifteen matches to close it out. 10 yeah, and then to close and, it out. and if you throw in if you throw in the Watford game, that's in about a month. Yeah. I mean, it's really still easy to see ways Villa can save themselves, and thank God that we're still pretty early in the season because you still can see how this is possible. You know, if Sunderland and Leicester can save themselves last year, Villa can do it now, certainly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can't rule that out. Like, look look at the the run that Leicester went on. That was just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, stranger things have happened, and it's definitely not doomsday yet, but if yeah. you, keep, you keep losing, it's going to be. Yeah, but I think if we want to uh, delay the clock on Armageddon, it's going to have to start this weekend. Um, I, I understand that a point would be helpful, but at this point, I don't think I'm happy unless Villa win this weekend. No, and I mean, if, if it was on the road at Swansea, you say, okay, maybe a point, that's that's fair, but I think you have to go for a win. And just looking at the table, Swansea, they're not having a fantastic season, not even a decent season by, by their standards lately, and because they're in 14th with 10 points and a minus one goal difference. Villa, of course, 19th with just the four points and a minus seven goal difference. Mm-hmm. I, but, uh, 
yeah, you're right. It's not a great season for them. And I mean, it's not a horrible season and you could see them turning it around pretty quickly, but it's, you know, they need some help. Yeah. And I mean, they did, they did just lose to Stoke. Like who loses to Stoke? Honestly. Yeah, exactly. And, and with, with Swansea, I mean, generally I, I hold them in pretty high regard just because of what they've done the past few years, but they've Mm -hmm. even drawn Sunderland this year. Yeah. That's bad as Villa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who loses to Stoke and draws Sunderland? God. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, seriously. How? What a bunch of bums. Um, yeah. The thing that really worries me about this, though, is Swansea are a team in need of a win, and as we've seen numerous times throughout this season, need a result, come play Villa. Exactly. I mean, it's it's almost too convenient how it's been working out for almost everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of pathetic at this point. Um so it does worry me. I kind of worry that Swansea could come in and nuke us, but I, for some strange reason, I'm kind of optimistic about this match. I think Villa do something here. Yeah, it, the same, but just because because of our history against Swansea, Villa only have one win against them in the Premier League, three draws, four losses, but um, not even scoring in, in the last two. <laughs> Your damn dirty facts. Losses. Yeah. are making it hard for me to stay optimistic. <laughs> but but if if you if you want a, a more positive one, Swansea have collected just two points from their last five Premier League away games with two draws and three losses. All right, there we go. Uh, what have Villa done from our last five Premier League away matches? I wonder. Have we even had five this year? We may have only had four. No, I don't think so. But <laughs> whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I got we, distracted. We do, have, we do have one win. And, and that was at Burnmouth. Yeah, exactly. So one win, a lot. No, we've, we've only had four. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Be that way. So. <laughs> we can't make that comparison. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to even say anything about this match because basically it's the same exact things we've been saying for the past month. Villa need to change. Villa need to play someone who can adequately get in on goal. If you're going to play IU, you need to play him smartly and in the right position. You probably need to drop Lescott. It's the same things we've been saying over and over. It boils down to win. Yeah, yeah. Whoever's on the pitch, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, at this point, I frankly don't really care how it happens. Just end the game with more goals than Swansea have. Yeah, simple. <laughs> oh, well. Podcast over. We've, I mean, we've figured out the secret to football. When you put it that way. I, but, I mean, yeah, that's totally oversimplifying. And it's kind of ridiculous. But at this point, I don't think it matters. Anything beyond that does not matter. No. Play the single ugliest game in the history of the sport of football and come out with a 1-0 win, and I'm still happy. Yeah, exactly. That, that would give you a thumbs up. Oh, that's definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, we, 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 we meant to do a thumbs up, thumbs down, but I, I think we, we kind of forgot. The thumb wound Robert here. Yeah. Give that a thumbs up. Look at that. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, I, there's a lot of analysis that could be done here, and I really honestly don't think most of it matters, unfortunately. No, but. Just, I don't know. Do you think Villa can win? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they. I think they have the ability to. I think if if the, if I don't know, Sherwood somehow got to find out a, a way to instill confidence into them. Yeah, it's uh, 
I, I just don't know what else to say about this team. It's, I mean, we're on pace for a 17-point season right now. Yeah, there's no – I mean, there's no way that that can happen. This The team's too good to do that. I, I mean, it's hard to say that they're too good to go down because – I mean, a lot of people have said a lot of people have said that about a lot of teams, but you've you've got to figure they're going to end the season with more than seventeen points. They've got to get at least twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even QR got to thirty. Yeah. Let's just hope they start getting those wins before their hollow, meaningless victories. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of put the kibosh on that. My bad. I just. <laughs> It's. I don't know what else to say. I just want them to win so damn badly. I'm tired of being angry and bitter. Yeah, losing five in a row is not very much fun. No, it's and not winning eight in a row. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, frankly, losing or like losing the win, I guess you could say against Sunderland into a draw mm-hmm. is just pathetic. Yeah, losing the win against Leicester into a loss. Yeah is doubly pathetic. We had 19 minutes to protect a two-goal lead and just yeah, pissed it, it away. I mean, you can't, we can't just keep coming back to saying, oh, well, we should have We should have nine points because at the end of the day, we don't because of yeah. what, what, one thing or another. So yep. it's, I don't know. I think I'm going to say that it's going to be under two and a half goals. I don't know why. It just feels like just feels like that kind of a match. If you're right, I hope it's Villa 2, Swansea nil. God, I'll take a one no with a, a Swansea own goal in the 90th minute. I don't care because whatever whatever can amount to three points. Like like we were saying, one point, okay, well, at least you got something. But it, if it's a draw, it has to at least look good. 7-7. Seven, seven. No, that I mean, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> I would be entertained by a 7-7 seven, seven draw. Probably really angry, but entertained by a 7-7 seven, seven draw. That would that would even one up Newcastle because in that in that Newcastle Norwich game they were talking about how when Newcastle were up like four two or something they're like oh Newcastle fans will remember when they had a five five and also a six six like how do you let that happen? <laughs> My God, I would that would be thrilling to watch a six six draw. Yeah, um, I mean bonus the, points if it started out like six nil or some crap like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, like Arsenal and Newcastle when they were up 4-0. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah, at least be entertaining this weekend. As much as I want a result, at least entertain me this weekend, please. I mean, I, th- I think that could happen because just because Sherwood's going to have to go for it. Yep, absolutely. I think so, too. So, I don't know. I, th- I think that's all we got for you this week. It was kind of a short episode, but... Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you you kind of know the drill at this point. Villa haven't been winning. Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> Villa get a thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs way. down. Totally thumbs down. Um, <laughs> but we are still on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, of course, and YouTube. So remember, you can find us there either to watch or listen. And we'll have all the match day coverage for you. It's Saturday, normal time, 3 GMT, 10 Eastern. So check out 7500hold.com. For all your latest Aston Villa news, remember to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. I mean, you probably already did so because I think everyone has at this point. Um, so thank you for keeping up with us on social media there. And, yeah, for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you next time on the Holtcast.